Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey folks, this is Mike from Battles of the First World War podcast. Uh, here tonight uh, with us is Yas Huba of Black Mill Games, here to talk about uh, a new World War I-based video game. So um, before I screw up anything, because this is already our second take, uh, (laughs) Yas, would you, if you would, sir, would you please introduce us and tell us about Black Mill Games? Yeah, Mike, uh, thanks for, uh, for having me. It's great to be on the podcast. I, I like I like what you do. Um, yeah, so uh, um, I'm, I'm Jos Huber, um, founder and creative director of uh, uh, Blackmore Games and the World for One game series. So we are, um, we're a, a game uh, development company uh, based in uh, the Netherlands and have been uh, developing uh, the World for uh, One game series uh, for uh, the last, uh, yeah, since 2000. And, 13 officially, but we started way back in 2006 uh, uh, with the first concept, so uh, quite a while already. Um, personally, I've been uh, busy with or uh, involved in uh, uh, with World War One since I was since I was little, so that's where the inspiration uh, comes from. Right. Um, uh, yeah, we are about uh, 20, uh, 20, 25 people, and uh, we've been developing uh, our new game uh, Isonzo, which is released uh, three weeks ago. It's based on the Italian front. And before that, we did uh, Tannenberg, uh, which is a uh, Eastern Front uh, uh, shooter in 2019. Before that, uh, Verdun uh, in um, on the Western Front uh, in two, uh, 2013. Uh, Whoa, so we're uh, we're uh, we're uh, progressing through the entire war in uh, uh, <laughs> in a certain order. That is um, so cool. That is that's that's amazing. Um, and it sounds it sounds like Verdun came out at the right time, like just in time for the for the centenary. Um, and I'm sure Tannenberg is is popular as well because that's that's a different battle. That was more of a maneuver uh, battle. So that's, correct. That's super yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we we all we base our games around the the front that we're representing. So with with Verdun we did really the uh, the trench warfare. So the, the game mode is really built around uh, the back and forth, the sort of uh, human waves. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, um, attritional uh, battles, Eastern Front uh, with Tannenberg in its maneuver war. Um, Tannenberg, of course, being the namesake of the of the game, but also a very typical battle uh, uh, that that took place there. There's several, you know, encirclement battles, and Tannenberg right. being, you know, one of the prime examples uh, in history, I guess, in World War One. And and for Isonzo, the the mountain war. Um, I mean, Isonzo is of course the uh, the the, um, the famous river. Mm-hmm. The Slovenian Italian border, uh, now called uh, so- Socha River for the Slovenia Slovenians uh, 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 that will uh, certainly correct us on it. Uh, but uh, yep. um, and also yeah, there were famously uh, uh, technically twelve battles um, uh, fought on it. Right, um, one one time wasn't enough. Like wow, man. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 we can, we can, we can take a bit of an issue with naming those twelve battles. I mean. You could say there's like been like 35 battles of uh, northern France or something. You know, if you take the whole region and then just name the battles and put them all yeah. into one list. Uh, uh, no, you can debate on whether that's fair or not, but uh, that's just uh, <laughs> yeah. that's what is, that's what's in the history. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a bit of an Anglo-centric uh, 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 way of uh, of putting it. Like, oh, there's Italian battles on on the on the border with uh, right. uh, Italy and. and uh, in Slovenia, I'll just lob them all into one, um, right, right, uh, one right. nominator. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, could, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to 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 view it from that lens, uh, perhaps. Uh, um, yeah, no, but I, but I, but I, um, I appreciate that. I, I, I appreciate like the the um, the the alternative view of, of like uh, get a more. I can't can't think of the world. Uh, I think like a, a more global view of of um, the, the the war and and how it was perceived. I mean, like. I know, like um, the Netherlands did not t- 
take part in the First World War. It stayed neutral. However, it was still very much affected by it. Um, so uh, it's just fascinating, fascinating to, to hear a, a different view. Of course, all I ever hear are, you know, British and mainly British and, and American points of view because it's it's English. Like um, my French remains atrocious. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's that, that's the source we get. I mean, if you if you look at the literature available for uh, for the Italian campaign in English, because that's mm -hmm. I mean I speak a bit of German. Mm -hmm. uh, my, I'm learning Italian, but uh, uh, not enough to uh, to read through uh, uh, literature uh, on that level. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, um, th there's not there's not a lot to go about. So I mean, you're bound to whatever is written uh, in, right. uh, in in English, which is often quite limited. Uh, for exactly, of, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're we're in agreement. Um, now, folks, before we started uh, recording, uh, Yoss and I were were speaking, um, and it turns out we have um, uh, we have a, a a bit of a common connection um, with with not not just with World War One, but with a very specific place, and that very specific place is the village of Romagna sous Montfaucon in. Um, the Meuse-Argonne region of, of France. So, Yoss, can you tell us a bit, like, is 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 this what led to your interest in, in World War One? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, and it's to start to talk about it. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I came there as a, as a little uh, boy at 10 years old. I was, like, literally in the last century. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I remember uh, we visited uh, the museum of uh, Jean-Paul Jean de Vries. Uh, I think, I'm not sure whether it was called Romagna 1418 back then uh, already. Uh, so he had a small private collection. Now he's grown and he's, you know, he's growing a business. Now he, um, so that, that's our, our common connection. Uh, Jean-Paul de Vries uh, with his museum there. Um, he's been collecting stuff for the last, it must be 40 years now. Um, uh, scouring the, the the forest. I mean, there's so much that's in the ground there that's incredible. Um, so he filled the barn with it. Um, all sort of rusty weapons, helmets, uh, personal items, like literally everything uh, you can you can think of. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, especially as a as a little uh, boy coming there, and um, my friends were also amateur archaeologists, kind of like mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jean Paul. They they went in the forest with uh, uh, detectors, um, which you shouldn't do that, but it's not not technically not legal, or maybe back then it was. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, they, um, they they were digging, and they they showed me a, a recent dig site, and there were like uh, grenades, like uh, I think it was like a either an American or French pineapple grenade. They just mm -hmm. dug up uh, and bones sticking out of the ground. So like it's a ten year old, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, very, uh, very uh, made a very big in impression, and then on top of that, you have this, of course, massive, uh, um, uh, uh, we say it's a cemetery. The American cemetery is Correct. the biggest. Is the biggest in the world, or I believe it's it's um, our largest uh, military cemetery outside of the United States. I, I think that's that's the distinction. I, I apologize, I forget now, but it's 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 like you said. It's I. I went there several times while, while I was there this past summer, and it's it's always very um, and and I I gotta say Im impressing, but in the way in that it's like oh my god the the sheer scale of crosses. So yeah, it's forty thousand or 20, Four, 20, 14, 14, 14, yeah, fourteen thousand. That's yeah, it's uh, yeah. Come, I mean, if you should visit that for the for the. Well, yeah, I mean, every time it's impressive, but especially uh, when I was little, it's made a big impression. So that's sort of the origin story of uh, 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 why I I started making or wanted to do something creative with uh, uh, with World War One, um, uh, uh, and it, and yeah, it sort of um, evolved into making uh, video games. I started modding in high school, modding uh, uh, the old Medal of Honor. Um, Allied Assault and um, Command and Conquer Generals okay. uh, into World yep. War One um, for Ryan, this is like early 2000s. Um, yep. those, uh, into World War One uh, mods for that. 
um, and then then later on made it into into my uh, uh, into my job as a full time video game developer. So yeah, uh, that that is that is so cool that that um, you have taken this passion and you're now like this this is your job. Do do you ever? Um, I don't know, man. Do, do you ever like sit back and go like, um, you know, like, like, Hey, like high five yourself. Like, yes. Like I've, you know, I've made, I've made good choices here. Like this. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's also because nobody there's, there's not a, it's not like, uh, there's hundreds of people doing this. I mean, you're, it's also a unique, uh, unique path. I, I kind of like that. I can sort of shape, uh, yeah, I get to, to create history and, and, uh, uh represent stuff I, I i really enjoy that aspect of of the, the business uh, yeah. um yeah that's awesome that's that's so cool like like i i say this like not not from a sense of like hey i i you know i you know i'm i'm making money doing this but not not from a, a work sense like that but from a work sense of like you are doing like what what you are clearly passionate um you know um working with technology and, and creating these games and and i just think it's it's like that's so cool man like that's that's so awesome and, and you get to do this like every day so that's <laughs> super cool um so i'm glad you mentioned uh command and conquer the the medal of honor world war one games because that's about the point where like i stopped playing any sort of video games um when i was like <laughs> let, let's say of college age um so yeah so like i um i i did play uh the the medal of honor game much 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 more and it was really cool i think i remember allied assault that, that was yeah, the one yeah yeah you yeah got to land on normandy like yeah yeah, yeah. That, um, i mean it was i think yeah i think one of the first big um war immersive war titles i guess that did i mean it came of course in the uh the wake of saving private ryan yes it was sort of the um, yeah the uh Digital version of that. They recreated basically the the opening beach scene in uh, in uh, Private Ryan. It's the same quotes and yep. um, uh, they took they took a lot of uh, they took a lot of the inspiration from from that. Um, so yeah, that was the ideal platform to make a World War One uh, uh, thing out of it. So I remember, um, yeah, I, I didn't contribute much because I was like. 14 or something uh 13 uh uh but uh, uh i was part of that uh, the project so um that's yeah i contributed my passion uh, at that at that stage uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i think in the end it, it materialized in some in some way um uh, uh we it did deliver some you know we modified uh, uh the faction so you had like the lewis gun and uh, uh, it was all a bit uh, uh very early days of uh of modding um yeah yeah, I mean that really paved the way. You need uh, immersive multiplayer or immersive uh, uh, shooter titles. Of course, Call of Duty mm -hmm. literally was a, a, a spiritual successor, if not the team converted into that. And of course, uh, Call of Duty now is like the, one of the biggest franchises, uh, right? Uh, entertainment franchises. Period. Uh, and it all it all started with uh, with those people um, over there. I think it's the same people still working on it. Wow. Um, so super cool super cool i will say um i remember playing that game I, I would play it for like two three weeks straight like in in between um university semesters um and, and i remember like you could you could see like when i logged in so it would be like january and then i would be in school in the spring and then i would log in in like may and play it through the summer and then it would end in like september and i would just you know come come to it every once in a while it took me forever to get off that bloody beach on omaha was part <laughs> of the game and uh and i would like uh and i remember like i, I would get all into it so like um we're, we're, this video that's being recorded we'll have it on youtube and and i don't know if you guys out there have ever done this but like when when um my character in the game you know you, you just see like the rifle out in front of you but like when i would come out to a corner i would <laughs> i would get so into the game i would actually like lean and try to look around the the computer <laughs> corner and yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing man um but it, now that was all mainly you know upwards of 20 years ago now um so i i feel very confident in saying that right now uh you're speaking to 
someone who is com- <laughs> completely ignorant about video games now. Like I'm, I'm so out of that, that world. Um, so if you would, y- Yoss, like what is the, the, that you've talked a bit about the world war one game series, um, you know, Verdun and Tannenberg and now Isonzo. Um, so yeah. So like, again, like it's a first person shooter type game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, to put it in, into, into context, uh, First person uh, uh, is you control your character from a first person perspective. So you're you're okay. walking around. You have the gun in in front of you. Yep. Uh, you interact with the world. You shoot uh, at people uh, uh, that way. Um, uh, yeah, you you basically experience the uh, what we try to do is you experience the the combat as it uh, took place. We don't you know portray uh, digging latrines in between. Uh, in between, uh, uh, you know, when there's no combat going on, it's really you're yeah. in, in, in part of an offensive, uh, an historical battle, and then you rec- recreate that basically. Uh, we can, uh, if you get shot, you uh, die, and you can uh, respawn uh, quite fast. Okay. So, uh, so our, our core DNA of the series is that it's it's multiplayer. So it's uh, typically, well, in Verdun Tannenberg, the battles are 64 players in one sort of uh, match. Uh, 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 it's also uh, 48, but it's typically a, um, a very condensed sector of the front you're you're playing. So, say uh, Monte Sabatino, which is a narrow uh, or uh, uh, sector of the front, you assault it maybe 100 100 uh, 100 yards wide uh, front, and then you you assault it with your t- your teammates. And how we can basically for people who are completely not um, aware of how multiplayer shooters work, I said to you. Uh, you shoot and you 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 die. You see your uh, corpse falling to the ground, and then you can respawn. You basically uh, come back to life uh, back in the trench, and then you can sort of recreate it. Um, and this is basically simulating, you know, with smaller amounts of of people, uh, uh, bigger battles, which you know hundreds or thousands uh, um, uh, took 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 place. So um, sure. yeah, you basically uh, take the life or you um, uh, how do say it's a um, play multiple characters uh, in in succession. Uh, oh, excellent! Course, uh, oh, so you, excellent. you can sort of conceptualize it in in this way. Um, so in, in in that way, you can somewhat uh, recreate these uh, these historical battles uh, uh, in the multiplayer environment. Uh, um. Awesome too. You're you're giving a very local experience, which is what. Um, which is what a, a participant in those battles, you know, would would have seen. Like he wouldn't know what his whole division was doing, you know, maybe just in a general sense. But like what he would really know is, you know, what what's happening in in his within his hundred yard sector around him, you know, his platoon or his company. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, all right. So Isonzo has been has been released. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, came out uh, actually four weeks ago already. Time flies. Uh, it was uh, on the thirteenth of September. We launched on uh, uh, PC, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, um, both the last and the new 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 generation um, simultaneously. And it's also on retail uh, uh, the, for for the consoles. If you go to Walmart, uh, you might see us there on the PlayStation Five uh, sector. So, mm-hmm. um, so um, um, that's nice. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite well received. Uh, we've always been applauded for our, the way we we handle the history and um, uh, the games have always. What we always try to do is is you know choose the, the accurate battles and uh, people like that. And with this game, uh, the third game, we took lessons from from the other two titles where we really focused on making it uh, more accessible to a broader range of people. Okay. Um, um, and while at the same time also doubling down on, on certain aspects of history. So now we uh, recreate specific battles at specific times where we participate in the Sixth Battle of the Isonzo in August 1916 at Monte Sabotino specifically. Or, uh, uh, so it's, um, uh, yeah, we, um, we, can, we can talk about, I can, I can talk for a long time about how specific uh, stuff. Uh, oh my God, please, you, you know, talk, talk away. This is, this is, Fantastic. Um, and, and my knowledge, like, um, my knowledge of, of the Italian front, like I, I know the, the basic events. Um, but as far as like, as, as any expertise, like I, I, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, so I know that, that 
you know, the, the war started in 1915. Italy joined the war in, in May on, on the Allied side. They were initially neutral, but then they came in, basically, you know, just started going after their old enemy, Austria-Hungary. Um, and then the Italian front opened from there. And, and you had the, the fighting in the Alps, you know, the, the White War up in the mountains. Um, and then the, the Asanzo front where the, the Slovenian uh, border is today, um, because that was pretty much like the, the best ground to attack on. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I, I mean, Alps are, uh, what is it, uh, 9,000 feet. So um, I was there. I mean, if you're, if you're coming over to Europe uh, uh, again, uh, going to the Dolomites is an absolute, uh, uh, um, you should definitely go there. I mean, it's, wow. it's a stunning environment, but you can see why troops, I mean, even, even today, Going around there is a, a logistical challenge, uh, and imagining then to transport hundreds of thousands of troops up uh, of these slopes—that's impossible. So you're not you're this, the the engagements there are were uh, small, five hundred troops, maybe a, a handful of men raiding mountain peaks, uh, digging uh, tunnels and blowing them up. I mean, it's basically a, a stalemate by, just by design. Um, right, right. But, so but, but far different than, you know, than launching, you know, 120,000 guys against the, the German line yeah. in France. Wow, fantastic. Exactly, yeah. That that happened in Neat on the Lower Sonsor where the terrain is uh, still quite uh, elevated. Okay. Um, if you go there, uh, it's, I mean, it's still... I would say um, at least Vosges level of elevation there. Um, cool. So if you compare it to the Western Front, great I mean, reference. Um, uh, I mean, it, it does get flat when you when you go into the later stage when the, the Italians get pushed back to the Piave. That's um, the the, the plain of the Veneto is uh, is very it's very flat. I think mm -hmm. some English guy uh, was on the train. Uh, he commented that this was the flattest land he's ever seen. Well, it's pretty flat there, but uh, uh, comparable to. Uh, to Flanders, I guess, uh, but then okay. with uh, um, um, malaria mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, 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 I mean, somebody commented about, you know, Italian Front being one of the worst places to fight. I mean, there's pros and cons to, to everything, uh, whether you want to be in a, in a rainy, muddy Flanders uh, uh, trench or uh, a mosquito-invested uh, Italian trench. I, I, I wouldn't know what uh, what would be worse. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, I think pretty much like anywhere like where you have to like have a battle is like the, the worst place to fight. Like I've read about Gettysburg right. here in Pennsylvania with our Civil War in, in the summer in July. And, and uh, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a terrible place to fight. And then, yeah, um, yeah the, the, the Meuse region with, with Romagna and everything. And, and I swear, like um, the, the Americans had to attack uphill up every bloody hill that's in that place um i mean like that's a terrible place to find <laughs> it's yeah i need where you have to fight although i, I gotta say uh dolomites uh, uh and uh, uh the yes. upper italian i mean at least you have a nice view uh right. and i guess uh uh you know if you would send the cold i i, I would if i had to pick the poison I, I guess that would be i mean at least the view is nice uh <laughs> you can say that in in flanders so. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen. Um, have you ever seen those those photographs from from the Italian front of like um, men like manhandling um, ropes and like trying to like pulley up like um, like a piece of artillery and it's just hanging. I mean, like I always think of like the the, the work that the the effort that that must have gone into those battles there you know just just to move that gun up up the mountain yeah yeah yeah. i mean, I mean when you look at the, the footage of them uh, uh with you know dragging stuff up a mountain you can just feel the, the <laughs> physical tension uh, uh moving right? around yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's also quite dangerous i guess physically to move around we have already where you know we can you can fall to your death or there's avalanches and uh, uh frostbite and uh, uh sort of stuff um yeah it's it's tricky. Well, the special uh, um, problem the Italians had, or the, on the Italian front, is that uh, everything is rock, and that's what also what we try to represent in the game. Uh, it's it's all hard surface when you walk around. Everything and there's mm. some soft soil, but everything is rock, and that had a particular effect of the shell fragments uh, um, exploding and creating the small charge that would right. um, 
create a lot of uh, casualties. Uh, so if you if a grenade would explode, uh, you would you would get lots of small stone fragments, especially on the um, on the Carso where they did have hundreds of thousands of troops. So if you talk about you know where the troop concentration was, of course Lower mm -hmm. Isonzo near the Adriatic coast, where they tried to make the push. Yep. Um, it, it's just, that's another story indeed of, of how we try to recreate that landscape because. Um, um, I, I guess you you have similar uh, things when you you research a muse are gone. It's that the landscape, how it looks now, doesn't look like um, uh, doesn't. It looks different from how it uh, looked back then. Um, uh, there's, uh, you know, now there's all it's all overgrown. Right. Correct. Um, yes. Uh, back, especially in the rare areas for Dun, used to be pretty open. The forts yes. like a free view. Yep. Uh, you could see all the way to the border with, uh, with Germany. Correct. Uh, now it's all overgrown. Uh, although in, in recent months, the, the the beetles are eating all the trees, but uh, <laughs> that's another uh, not story. But uh, the sim similar uh, on the Italian front where they, they had the, um, the Carso, the Carso that was completely barren sort of um, rock landscape, uh, um, kind of like Scottish Highlands. But then, um, you know, somewhat drier. But you know, um, the sheep ate all the the foliage, basically. So yep. it was just okay. barren uh, shrubbery and um, uh, and rocks um, that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's overgrown. So we did, we had some challenge recreating that particular landscape uh, uh, on the lower horizon. So and it's also where the the main uh, we have uh, in the game we have um, which we launched with was had has three offensives. <clears throat> which are sort of multiplayer campaigns. So the okay. Sixth Battle of the Isonso, which is the summer of uh, 16. Okay. They make made their big push, which is kind of like the most successful battle they undertook. Uh, oh, they okay. actually gained ground. In the other five battles prior, they uh, did not make... They, did not, they didn't capture anything. Um, maybe 100 yards here and there, but... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, complete stalemate, and in the sixth battle, they actually managed to uh, to take something. Uh, it was, I think, a, 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 um, a coordinated effort on all fronts. Brusilov, uh, 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 sixth battle, and then uh, on the Western Front, uh, you know, some. So they tried to push on all fronts together. Uh, six, the sixth battle was the Italian uh, um, support, and they, uh, uh, yeah, we we made a co uh, campaign there, <clears throat> uh, where you have Monte Sab Sabatino. Uh, Monte um, San Miguel on the Carso, and then okay. uh, the city of Gorizia, which they captured. So it's all okay. like, oh, the Italians captured the town of Gorizia. Um, um, so that, those are the three battles there. Uh, then we have on the uh, uh, Asiago Plateau, which is um, uh, way west, um, <clears throat> more um, closer to, I guess, uh, Venice and um, uh, and the Alps, uh, okay. kind of in between. Yep. It's, uh, uh, it also an interesting location. There's uh, the Austrians actually made an attack. Um, they started in May of 16, just before the Brusilov offensive. They wanted okay. to push down from uh, from the Austrians to to Venice to cut off the entire uh, army on the on the uh, Carso. Oh, interesting. Um, but they failed. But the Italians stopped them. Um, but the the Asiago Plateau is actually a, it's a it's a high plateau. So it's the the area on it is somewhat flatter than the rest of course it's surrounded by giant mountains um, right um uh yeah and there are some some location there and we have a location in the, the dolomites because you have to represent the the mountains fighting so we picked a um uh, an area quite near the um uh the the trecime the big peaks um which are also on our also on our key art it's one of the most iconic uh Rock formations in the in the Alps. Okay, um, and it's sort of in the shadow of that. I mean, that those are that's literally uh, nine thousand feet level uh, uh, rock, and then uh, there's a, a smaller hill next to it, which uh, the Italians captured in uh, uh, August uh, nineteen fifteen. So in the first year. Um, wow, wow. Uh, this this next question th this might betray my 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 ignorance of of the Italian front, and and I. I hope not not too too badly. Do you have um, Caporetto as as part of the as part of the the scene, or is, or is this the part where you tell me where that Caporetto is in the Asiago Plateau? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's oh, okay. it's a very valid very valid question. I mean, uh, Caporetto is obviously the sort of the Stalingrad of the uh, the Italian front. Right. Make, I mean, it's the the big battle. Um, it's also where the Germans um, were involved. Yep. Um, I mean. 
aside from uh, the Sansa battles, uh, the Caparetto is the, the the most famous battle. Right. Um, yeah, we 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 are in the, the process of making it, and it will come out uh, later this year. The, oh, you're kidding! Roadmap. So yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, right. yeah. We we originally intended to have Caparetto be part of the base game. However, we, I mean, it wouldn't feel right to have the Germans be the main um, faction to be on the, in the base game um, because uh, the bread and butter of the entire front is Italy versus Austria-Hungary. So, um, and the Germans were only involved there for uh, six months total. I mean, from Caporetto basically until I think early 18, so uh, uh, four months. They did they did the intervention and mm-hmm. then they uh, they were out again. Right, um, right. So it would be right. it would be unfair to make that sort of the main thing. Um, oh, uh, and in order to, uh, now, so we we were uh, in the next uh, 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 months. We'll deploy this uh, this update. <clears throat> There's going to be several locations. So uh, yeah, one is uh, uh, the Battle of uh, Caporetto itself. Um, Based on the 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 Tolmine bridgehead. Wow, um, that is. That is just uh, you know, this is also where doing research and starting the research is also where uh, the most English literature is available because it's in German and Rommel wrote is uh, you probably read uh, infantry uh, attacks book, mm-hmm. uh, which is I mean it's a great uh, great reference of fighting and it gives you a good uh, um, uh, impression of <clears throat> of how that uh, attack exactly went. So that was great. We wanted to do that from the start. Um, so we, we have that lined up. Um, can't wait to uh, um, to reveal that and uh, 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 go into that further. But um, uh, Caporetto's in there. Then we, uh, yeah, there are several battles uh, where the German took place, which will be featured in the more, more prominent locations. <clears throat> awesome. So so primarily in in the Asanzo game, you play like the 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 player. They will be an an Italian soldier. Can can you also play in in Austro-Hungarian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a multiplayer battle, so you can choose uh, which side you play. And then you have, um, we, we also have several sort of sub factions, if you were. So there's a whole customization system where you can pick uniforms which are based on uh, on the classes you play. Italian uh, Arditi, Alpini, the, the famous classes, the Bersaglieri, the, the, the light troops. Uh, yeah. The feathered. Yeah. Uh, feathered uh, the, the feathered in, in the cap. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you got the the, the feather cap, the the famous Alp, this RP Alpini with the one mm-hmm. feather, and then there's like sort of the the whole feather um, uh, Vira, uh they call it. I think it's uh, um, uh, cap and there the light troops. Uh, there's also the bicycle troops. You can we have made a whole system where you can sort of customize your 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 appearance based on the the classes. Uh, put on the mustache and uh, <laughs> there's like wow. we 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 made hundreds uh, about. Um, no, wait, uh, 15 mustaches based on historical figures, Kaiser Wilhelm, uh, Cadorna, uh, you name it, uh, the obscure generals. Um, that is that is so, so uh, cool. That is yeah. so cool. So we, we but, always take the, the history, so uh, mm-hmm. certain elements from history, and then sort of try to convert it into, uh, into a game feature. Um, this was one of those opportunities, so we couldn't pass. Uh, it's also, like, interesting. And, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I, I, um, speaking of mustaches, th- this is a bit off topic, but like uh, when I was, you know, um, when I myself was like young, like 10, <clears throat> um, my my family's of, of um, Portuguese background. So like we, we would go to Portugal, you know, and this was like the 1980s. Um, but it was really like I remember this now, like you in the 1980s, Portugal was, you know, a pretty poor country, um, kind of like behind everybody else in Europe. And, and I imagine parts of Italy were probably like this as well, but you would still see men, older men, um, with like the, the, the curled mustache, like they would wax their mustaches and everything. And it was like, and I remember that later on in life. And I was like, wow, man, like that is, man, like, like, like time kind of stood still for those guys, you know, like you, you they kept to the old ways and everything. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. Really cool. Really yeah. cool. Um, so, one one thing that's that's really um, m- making an impression on me, uh, Jos, is like the amount of research that you've put into like making this game, that into the like honing in on the accuracy of the of the uniforms, the mustaches. Hello, like um, and just like re- you're really trying to pr- uh, create like an an, an authentic uh, an authentic and entertaining experience here so 
one thing that um one question here is is like and 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 please go into detail like what kind of research have you done to make these games as accurate as possible i mean like did you like obviously books and and everything but like like did did you walk the battlefields as well yeah yeah for we we did a field trip uh, i went to italy uh um before and then we did a trip with uh with some of the members of the team so we went we went to these locations not all of them um but uh uh, uh yeah i would get to get a sense of uh of scale and 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 what it's like to be there um obviously they had the research um we we have a lot of uh help from the um, historical community um reenactors who uh point out uh, specific uh um uniform details we have somebody who's a professor um and um helping us with the austro-hungarian uniforms and reenactors who help us with the italian uniforms to pick uh, certain details so um, I mean, those are very specific niche subjects, not like a generic histor- sure. historian who can just know all the, the details or the buttons of, uh, of certain uniforms. So, um, yeah, that's what we um, use for for weapons. I mean, there's tons of weapon history channels and lots of publications uh, uh, for weapons, lots of uh, material available there. Luckily, also on YouTube, we collaborated in the past with uh, CN Arsenal, the, the, the people who run the, the channel uh, where they go through in lengths about uh history of specific weapons and right. pick them apart and their functioning etc so that's uh that's a big help um and then yeah for the need for the battles uh yeah indeed for the town front uh it's uh um the the, the publications were were kind of limited so in, in a way we were also shaping um we're treading new ground in a lot of ways so i had to sort of pick the battles which we're gonna feature um, there was nobody, there was no obvious list. I mean, if you go to do, make the Western Front, you know you have to for done some, like you can yep. just name the, the the 20 most important battles and uh, you can go on and on in detail, uh, um, specific events. For for the Italian Front, yeah, you got uh, Caporetto, Grappa, uh, yep. maybe uh, Guricia, and then that sort of ends. There's like a finite list. So it's, it's we uh, had to sort of make a... a um a creative selection in in what would be the most appropriate battles to to feature where where there's always the 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 trade-off between you know what's um uh, entertaining uh what's um uh what is a nice uh location but my bias is always towards what's most representative um and we talked about you know the, the, the bigger battle. I mean, if you t- if you look at the Iron Front as a whole, where where, where are most troops deployed, where is the most action going on, uh, to feature specifically those, even though Carso is no not nearly as interesting looking as a uh, uh, a peak in 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 the uh, in the mountain area mm-hmm. uh, in the, uh, somewhere in in, in the uh, in the high Alps. So my bias is always towards sort of quote unquote boring but representative, uh, which gives a better. Uh, um, gives a better impression of what it was like on uh you know if you were an italian soldier you were most likely deployed on the carso and and seeing those kind of battles so right um, um obviously there's a there's a balance here but uh um yeah it's uh, interesting that uh, we i can get to shape how most people see the Italian front uh, for uh, um also a weight on the shoulder and that's why i for example, picking the the battle in the Dolomites was kind of a, <laughs> a long uh, trade-off. Uh, took quite a while to pick the right uh, pick the right one. Wow! So the, now you you said like like personally you you've been to the 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 Dolomites before. Like what what is that like? What is that like? Like I either like speaking from your own personal experience, not not related to video game development or or you know re- related to to developing the the Asanzo game. I've, I've never, I have yet to go to the Alps. So, um, you know, you now knowing that, you know, like, like these 9,000 foot peaks, like men lived, fought and died up there in, in these like lonely, small engagements, you know, like, um, what's that like? Um, is it looking at, at this vastness of rock that, that must be, 
must be stunning. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's already stunning to be there. I mean, uh, somebody comes from the Netherlands. It's uh, <laughs> mountains are right. uh, uh, are beautiful to begin with, uh, but uh, gotcha. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's very uh, makes you very small seeing this giant uh, rock face. Uh, um, a place where we went to specifically in the Dolomites to do research for Montepiana, which is a yeah. How do you describe it? It's so you you're basically in a uh, in a in a valley somewhere in the Dolomites, surrounded by these literally nine thousand feet uh, rock uh, um, rock points sticking out. It's the 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 the, the rock formations there are unique to I think in the world also um, okay. very particular, um, almost surreal looking. But then uh, in the valley there's a plateau. I, I say valley, but uh, this rock uh, protrudes out, uh, say, uh, 7,000 feet high, uh, yeah. and it's a plateau. And on top of that plateau are carved trenches. It's basically as if there was a table, almost like a tabletop game. With gotcha. God played a tabletop game, and from top down, there would be trenches drawn in it or something. Oh. Uh, it's uh, surreal. You can look it up on, on Google uh, um, uh, uh uh, Google Earth, and yep. there uh, <laughs> you, you can see it. It's wow. the, the geography is still there. Uh, different from say France or um, or Flanders, where the the soil sort of erodes over time. This mm-hmm. is literally carved into these trenches are carved in there forever. They're wow. um, they're blown, they're uh, chiseled out basically. So the trenches are there for eternity, um, uh, or at least for the, the next. Uh, Hundreds or thousands, or maybe even million years, you can still see the the trenches, and that this, right. this was there, and they blew right. up certain uh, rocks as well. Um, but that, that's surreal. I mean, it's the colors are also really intense. You're high in the mountains. There's no the air is very uh, thin. Uh, it sort of burns out your retina. And this is also something which we wanted to portray in the game. Uh, that the really? colors are really vibrant and intense. It's Italy in the summer. Um, all of the battles we have take place in the, the oh. middle of the summer. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in this contrast, um, uh, very uh, uh, there's a big contrast with uh, for Dun and Tannenberg, which are very uh, dark, desaturated. Right. Uh, so um, there, there's a big visual contrast. But it, I mean, if you walk around there, it's like that. The, the grass is the greenness of the grass. Sort of, you need to wear sunglasses basically. Uh, wow. Um, so. Um, yeah, very uh, uh, um, very interesting landscape, uh, um, and I feel like we're only scratching the surface of what we could have. I mean, always as a developer, you're like, oh, we could have done. The, I mean, <laughs> I know, I know, uh, 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 we're only scratching the surface uh, of uh, what could be uh, what could be there. But I hope players get a, get an impression. Uh, oh my god, of what's I, I know, I know how I I know how how you feel like i i think like in in that process of, of like oh i should have done this or i should have done that like i i always see something like after i do like a, a podcast episode i write it or something i come across some new piece of information and it's like ah oh, if i had had that like that would have made that story so much better um but yeah. you know like you, you you work with with what you have and, and at least like in in your case like you can always you you, you have like these enhancements that you can always add to like to um to improve the game right so yeah yeah, yeah. we we do upkeeper game and you know when our, our team comes up with new stuff all the time for the existing game so it's not like oh we make this and we just move on to the next thing we right. really care about the product and uh we we support it we still support for the Nintendoberg after uh after almost a decade i mean there's no other there's not a lot of studios uh, who do that kind of stuff, uh, um, uh, but we really care about what we, what we make, and, uh, and people will really appreciate it. So um, I hope that for, for Isonzo we can uh, we will continue this the same uh, um, the same tradition. Wow, that's that's so so cool, so cool. So I think um, I've, I'm just looking through my questions here, like we that we've been uh, we've been talking about, and I think we're hitting on just about everything. So I know you have um caporetto coming out um coming out later later in the year um and i and i understand if you can't if you can't share with us right now but like any any other any other 
World War One game ideas that that you're working on that, that you're okay with with sharing and and feel free to be like no I can't talk about that stuff right now. Well, I mean, can talk about next uh, the next title, of course. We we released the roadmap for so sticking with uh, with with this answer, we really want to take uh, we again scratching the surface of what ca what can be done in the the, the Alps. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the scenario we currently have uh, scratches that surface, but we can go a lot further. Just where you have uh, snow or high Alps environments, uh, glaciers perhaps, uh, where we've been fought over quite famously. Um, so really, really dive into the mountain warfare, doubling down on, on that aspect. That's going to be one uh, one extension. Um, uh, so that that that's going to be interesting from a gameplay point of view and seriously battles. Yeah, uh, very unique. Um, I don't think any other game will ever uh, do such a thing because this is such a niche niche subject within a niche subject. So when people make a game and they make a game of World War One and then just, you know, pick the most famous battles of each front and then, but they will never make another Sabotino or something uh, right. or another battle which we, we choose here because it's such, uh, taking an entire game to make, um, you know, you, you you can take the the time and effort to make something very specific and niche, um, which uh, will allow us to do this with, uh, with that expansion as well. Oh my God. We have to make right. the, the the, ex, the exact levels are still in in progress, but um, that's going to be interesting. And for the 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 final battles, there's uh, battles in the in the final year which we want to cover as well, um, uh, or the, the later stages um, of of the the Italian front or or just World War One. Italian front, yeah. yeah that's just, uh, for the uh, the game beyond beyond uh, uh, beyond the sun. So I can't say much other than uh, the uh, the successor to our our for, uh, if you were to make a fourth game, uh, it would kind of write itself, I think. Uh, so <laughs> uh, again, I, I yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, if, if it's up to me, I would uh, would create the entire war uh, in the FES format. So um, sure. I mean, Eastern Front, uh, Western, Eastern, Italian Front. The next front uh, uh, would be very obvious. Uh, maybe some other uh, theaters which we uh, can cover as well, uh, if that fits into into uh, certain formats. Um, certainly uh, up for that. Yeah. To to go back to that, you you were saying like like you, you, um, some ideas you have are are to go like like staying on on the Italian front, but like getting that mountain warfare like really deep into that. Talking about like fighting with the glaciers and everything. Like I I can imagine like you you intend to like. Uh, like, like, will you incorporate like, like natural effects, like, like the effects of like the cold on, on the soldiers, like, like wearing down, like, oh my God, I'm sorry if I'm dating myself, but like, we're like wearing down like the health level of, of the player. Um, and like, maybe like, um, not only do you have Austrian or, or Italian soldiers to look out for, like, you also got to look out for like a, a random avalanche or something that might, that might occur, do you, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we really wanted to make to make something uh, unique and uh, very specific about it. So we're we're looking at in integrating potentially those uh, those kind of features. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lively debate about this. Of course, uh, we are always wary that we are in a multiplayer format, so we cannot. It's not like a single player campaign where you, uh, you know, uh, those kind of factors are easy to to build into. We have to okay. sort of. It's it's basically like designing a. Um, football game or something like there are certain rule sets you need to apply and then it needs to be fair for both teams and there needs to be uh you know it needs to be needs to work over the network so there's all sorts of th considerations there to to make it to make it happen a bit with the single player campaign it's basically like a um like a movie in in the sense that you can just throw in a lot of stuff and it just happens sequentially you have more freedom right. there um in the multiplayer format there's a there's a lot of challenges that need to be overcome in order to to uh, implement random events or uh um, non-combat related stuff uh, but we're we're doing our best to to incorporate those kind of things uh, yeah yeah definitely i think i think players will be what, what we're working on what we're concepting i think uh, will be unique uh, to um people have not seen it before and it will yeah, definitely uh, do justice to the um, to the comet took place uh, at those in, in those altitudes. So um. that is that is so so cool. That is that is so cool. I will have um, I will link to Blackmail Games. A link to Game Drive um, as well, and also um, Game Drive um, has has agreed uh, that 
for you folks on on Twitter listening um, that out once once I make a post ab- about this episode coming out, um, if you folks retweet it, like we will be putting we um, entering in your your Twitter handle um, for a chance to win access to to the um, Asanzo front game. Um, so this is this is super cool. Um, uh, Yoss, any um, any any plans to to, um, to visit France again anytime soon? In the in the Meuse region, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we just uh, uh, started cooperating with uh, with Focus Entertainment. We're in in Paris, so uh, <laughs> I will be visiting friends quite a lot. Uh, uh, actually, we'll be driving over to my friends. Uh, yeah, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as I, I I can. Of course, there's lots of uh, stuff to do now um, with the uh, with the expansion and. Uh, I don't have a lot of free time anymore. But, uh, understood. Yeah, uh, to- totally understand. It's like the first totally. uh, first thing uh, I do uh, when I'm released. <laughs> oh, I bet that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. This is so cool. Now, um, Yas, I, I need you um, to, to help me out on something here. So I feel that you know potentially as as someone who doesn't play a lot of video games, um, but who may in the future. Uh, cover the the Asanzo battles um on the podcast uh i should probably uh get my hands on on this game so i'm gonna take you know i have to say everything with like 500 words so i i apologize but um now the missus she would have no problem with me um playing a video game of course but i think it, it would be better if you said it yas if you were like mike you need to play this game so that you can build up your knowledge of the Asanzo battles. Can you just go ahead and say that so I can have it I, recorded? De- definitely, you need to play the uh, Asanzo game uh, to, you know, to get uh, uh, any idea of what happened uh, on that front. You definitely uh, should play the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There. It, I mean, I have to do this now. Okay, thank. You. I really appreciate it. So, <laughs> all right. You can send over some key- keys and uh, uh, whatever platform. Uh, <laughs> that's so cool man this is so cool um just thank thank you so much um for your for your time on on this um on this this late evening over in europe um and again i i look forward to to the developments um and and um i look forward to 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 eventually playing this game uh myself as well so um super cool Folks on Twitter, do do be on the lookout for when we release this episode. We will, um, you know, you guys retweet it and you get a chance to uh, to win access to the Asanzo game. Um, oh, my God. What a, what a, what a wonderful time. Yas, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Mike. Uh, it's great to talking to you. Super cool. All right. 